Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hoekstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need for validation and affirmation through biblical musings and conversations with special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, are you coasting through life on autopilot without a clear sense of direction? Has society's definition of success left you empty and striving for more? Isn't it time to notice God at His Word and step into the life you were created to live? So listen in as I talk with Lucy Ann Costa Quattro, author of the book Strategic Faith. We discuss the struggles of complacency and how noticing God's strategies will help us live a life beyond limitations. So today I am excited to have Lucianne with me, a new author of the book Strategic Faith. Lucianne is actually a retired commercial pilot and flight instructor. For over 10 years, she owned and managed her own business for corporate executives. As a pilot flying all over America and the Bahamas, lucky you, she gained a unique perspective on life, leading her to become a strategy coach, author, speaker, and pastor. She is recognized for her strong faith and devotion to empower others to find passion and purpose in their everyday life. She's a founder of Lucy Ann CQ Enterprises and lives in Virginia with her husband. She is a brand new author of her book, Strategic Faith, which I'm really excited to talk about. So Lucy Ann, welcome. Hello, Susan. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. I consider this an honor to share this message with your audience. Me too. I am excited. You know, a lot of times I tell our audience, um, well, how did I meet Lucianne? You know, Susan, where do you find these people? I really want to say it's the Holy Spirit, and I believe it is. There are certain times that God connects people, and I saw a trailer for her book, and I was so excited. So I connected with her, and we've been in touch about this project that she's on. So, you know, Lucy, I, I looked at your book, and, you know, I want to just dive right in here. You know, there are some things that you shared about some statistics that I really kind of want to talk about. You said in their book, 42% of Americans believe there is no God. 56% of churchgoers hardly read the Bible. And 59% of Christians say they seldom or never share their faith with others. So I guess to me, It sounds like complacency has really impacted our lives and communities. Tell me what you've noticed. You know, Susan, those statistics are startling. And I I fell into two of those three categories for most of my Christian walk. And so I could certainly relate to the fact that as Christians, I've noticed, I've been studying the Bible for 32 years and 
people that call themselves Christians and align with the Christian faith have no idea of the power that is behind what faith really is all about. And or they're just ignorant to that to that fact. And that has led us to a life of complacency as Christians, where we don't get out and share our faith, where we don't even read the Bible, which doesn't allow us to understand who we are or the authority that we have or what kingdom living is even all about the crust of being a Christian. So therefore, we have a society of Christians that are making no impact at all. That's the biggest thing that I noticed, that there are so many people that align themselves with being a Christian, but they're making no impact and no influence on the world around them. It's almost like they're on autopilot, right? Um, and, and you know a little bit about that since your background is as a pilot. So as a pilot, tell me to you what this analogy means when we're on autopilot. First, I want to say that we serve a God that talks to us every day in so many different ways, if we would just take notice of that, it's him actually speaking to us. And as a pilot, for me, he used that experience to teach me so many spiritual truths, biblical truths. And so where it's related to autopilot, as a pilot, I can get in an aircraft that's equipped with that system. And nowadays, most of them are. And I can put in a destination and where it'll pick up through a signal where I start at. I'll put in a destination, an altitude that I want to fly at hit that autopilot and it's automatically going to take me there. I could literally take my hands off the controls and just coast for the rest of the flight until I get near where it's time mm -hmm. to land that plane. And unfortunately, as a Christian for most of my life, I realized that that's what I had done, that I had realized that, okay, I know about God. I didn't know who God was intimately, but I knew about him and I was just coasting through life. I was going through my routine like so many of us do. Mm -hmm. We go to church on Sunday or perhaps maybe if we're lucky, we go on Wednesday as well or we sneak in a Bible study here or there and we think we're doing okay and we're just coasting through our routine with no direct connection to God and we're just allowing ourselves to coast along. When I'm in that airplane and I disengage the autopilot, I'm actively involved in that flight. I could make that plane go at any altitude in any direction that I want it to go. And I can also avoid pitfalls like dangerous weather that's up ahead that an autopilot can't see, but I as the pilot can see. And if I'm hand flying it, I can avoid that dangerous storm that could literally send me into a spin and crash and burn. But when it's on autopilot, if I just let it go, it will take me directly into that storm. It will take me directly into a mountain. It will allow me to even run out of fuel because I'm not engaged. Mm. And what about our Christianity? If we're not engaged with the creator who made us, with God himself, if we're not intimately connected and engaged with him, there is no way we can allow him to direct our paths. And so we go through our everyday routines on this routine of coasting and we never really take our hands off and say god i want to engage with you there's such a difference between a christian that's on autopilot just merely getting through their routine doing the same old thing day after day and never engaging with god or someone who is hands off surrendering to god and saying i want to engage with you today and let you direct where, you, where my path is going to go today and, you know, he has us on such a great adventure when we're engaged. You know, otherwise it just sort of 
seems like, okay, this is just what's happening, that complacency like you mentioned. And, you know, he really wants us to be engaged. He wants us to be on this great adventure with him. And when we do, we get cool things like having cool people on your podcasts, you know, and other things, you know. So, you know, you also talk about GPS, our global positioning systems. And I know this is another analogy. Can you explain what that means for us as believers in Christ? I use the analogy GPS. Now, everyone, mostly everyone is familiar with a GPS. We even have them on our cell phones these days, and they're connected to a signal. And that signal can get us from point A to point B. As Christians, we have an internal GPS system, which in the book I refer to as our God positioning system. And in God's positioning system, we are innately connected to the signal with God that directly Mm. connects us heaven to earth. And as Christians, we have that connection. And if we choose to engage in it, we can every day, all day long, be directed by the Holy Spirit. That internal God positioning system will put us right where we need to be. Like you said earlier, Susan, that you felt that even our connection was a divine Holy Spirit connection. Those are things that can only happen when we're engaged with the Holy Spirit, when we're listening to that internal God positioning system. You could have had someone else on your on your podcast today. We could you could have it totally ignored that signal that was going off that said connect with Lucianne. And here we are today because you decided to listen to that God positioning system, that internal connection that you have intimately with the Holy Spirit. And you know, I think oftentimes people aren't really sure. Well. How do, what button do I press to get that to go off? How do we make that connection? What, what do we do? Such a great question, Susan. And so often I get asked that in many different ways. I don't know how to hear God's voice or what does God's voice sound like? Or how do I even connect intimately with God? And we make it complicated. Strategic faith was written so that people could practically understand how to make that connection with God. First and foremost, it's just a decision. It's that decision that we Mm -hmm. recognize that there is a God out there who is the creator of the universe, and he has a plan and a purpose, not only for the universe, but for me being here today. And if I want to, all I have to do by faith is ask him to connect with me, ask him to make that personal connection with me so that I can allow him to guide my life. But so many of us don't even know that we're able to do that. And the scriptures are clear that all we have to do, it's by faith that we come to Christ. All we have to do, and when I, when I talk to people and they say, oh, I'm not sure, I challenged them. And I say, I know God so intimately well that if you ask him, he will make himself known to you personally, personally mm-hmm. in a way that you would understand without a shadow of a doubt, it's God. Susan, I don't know about you, but God talks to me in ways that he He created me. He knows how I'm going to understand what he's saying. And Absolutely. when God speaks, I know that it's God. Now, in the beginning, while I was still learning how to develop this connection with God, to actually hear his voice and be led by his spirit, I, I often say to my friends, like, okay, God hit me over the head with a with a two by four today, but I got the message. He gives me signals all day long. And I get this internal prompting, like, 
where did that thought come from? I wasn't even thinking about that. And all of a sudden this thought comes to my mind and I just ignore it and I go about my day. And then somewhere down the road, I'll see something as what I would think is insignificant, like a signpost that relates to the same thought that I had earlier in the day. I'm like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing mm-hmm. God's trying to get my attention. Like he spoke to me one way. I thought I heard him or I, I noticed that there was something different. Wasn't quite sure what that was. Totally ignored it. Went about my day and he's like, tap, tap, tap. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get your attention. And that's how I learned to develop how I hear God's voice. That he speaks to me in a way that I understand it. And I know that it's him talking to me now. At first, I had to develop that. So I understand where people come from where they say, I don't know how to hear God's voice. And I invite them to just pay attention to what's going on in their everyday activities because God talks to us in everyday ways. We just expect it to be this grandiose voice that just shouts out right, to us. Right, so, right, right. Oh, says the Lord. <laughs> and I often find out it's in my real quiet times. I'm doing the dishes or I'm running an errand and God just gets me a message through a signpost through a conversation with someone, through a thought that just pops into my head. And it's, so it's really easy. And it's really great that you mentioned that because on the notice, that's what we're here for. We're here, we're here to send that message. We're here to say, you know what? God's noticing you. And how do we pay attention to that? How is he doing that? You know, I have a friend who every time she sees a deer, which isn't that often, she she knows that's a message from her Abba Father just giving her a hug. And, you know, there's so many ways that we can connect with God, but we have to pay attention. We have to, like, kind of look around. We've got to listen to that inner voice. So it's so powerful that you mention that. It is huge. That's what's part of this great adventure we're on. And what I noticed with that, Susan, is that, like you said with your friend, with the deer, for me, there was a long season in my life and still today where when I see dolphins, I know that Mm. that's God's signal to me. There was a season where I was really hurting and I would just walk the beach and I would just cry out to the Lord, I need to know that you're hearing me, that you see how horrible things Mm -hmm. are right now. And the dolphin would pop up. He didn't have to say anything Yes. Every time I prayed mm-hmm. that, every mm-hmm. time I cried out mm-hmm. and I was on the beach, a dolphin showed up. Like, really? Is that a coincidence? <laughs> no. Nope. Could that really be? No, of course <laughs> it isn't. Only for taking notice. That's Only right. And notice. my, I have goosebumps on me about that because that's a, a, obviously a passion of mine, you know. And it's interesting that we've got so many things going on that people a lot of times in this culture that we're in, don't feel like God's noticing them. You know, on a recent blog post, you made a powerful statement regarding some of the current issues in our country. And I love this because you said, victory is attainable, not in our own strength, not by our own devices, but by the spirit of God. We must fight according to God's strategic plan. So describe to our listeners out there, you know, you talked a little bit about this, but what is God's strategic plan for us? Yeah, Susan, this was something that I really sat with the Lord with for a while to actually get a grasp of how to best explain this to people 
in, in when I was writing the book. And if we go back to Genesis, we could see that God had a plan. He Seven days, he created the universe. And on each day, he did something specific. He strategically planned that out. And he's done the same for our lives. And when I go back and I look and I listen to the Holy Spirit say, I know strategically you have a plan for everyone. How do we tap into that? Almost like you asked me before, how do we hear and how do we know that it's God? You know, how do we connect with God? Well, first and foremost, in the book, I talk about seven strategies. And the first strategy is drinking from the well. It's knowing who we are in Christ and knowing mm-hmm. who God is. If Because if we listen to the world, Susan, I'm sure you will agree that we can get labeled in so many different ways. And we can also embrace those. And that's all of a sudden who we become. And God is saying, that's not who I created you to be. But unless we drink from the well that Jesus has provided for us, that we can actually say, I know who God is. I know that I'm his child. And above everything else, above every circumstance, that's where I go. And if we start with that strategy, we're on the right path. Because if we go off that path and we say, I, we label ourselves whatever, I'm not smart, I'm, I'm a genius, I'm, div- I'm a divorcee, I'm a widow, I'm, I'm shameful for where there's a thousand labels that we can put upon ourselves or other people put upon ourselves. But when we go back to the well, when we go back to where Jesus mm-hmm. meets us, then we get our identity from that. So that's the first strategy. Then when we realize that in that, in that relationship, there's a love that surpasses any earthly love that we could ever imagine. That's right. So talk <laughs> about living to love. And first we have to embrace God's love and understand what that really is about. And it supersedes anything that we can even dream or imagine. And when we embrace that love, then we can then live to love out of that place of love. Because Susan, you and I in and of ourselves on any given day, could not be very loving. Yeah. Been yes, it. yes. It's, it's called the flesh or something like that. <laughs> you know, it, we could we could label it a lot of things, but God's called us to love because God is love. And if we realize that we're birthed out of who God is, then we're called to a life of love. But we can't do that unless we understand God's love first. That's a strategic plan of his, that we know his love and then live out of that love. I love that. And I love that, you know, God's love is full of mercy, right? I talk about this a lot, listeners. You hear this from me. Mm-hmm. Mercy is the is the gateway to God's love. God says, I don't have to punish you for your sin. I took care of that. So can we just put that off the table and let's just have a conversation. Let's get to know each other. Let me show you who you really are in Christ. And then let's get busy for the kingdom. I mean, isn't that where we're going with all this? And that's where we have to come to a place where we live because we do live in this natural body. We're on this earth, but we're on this earth for a reason and a purpose. We all have a divine assignment every day. And if we don't tap into that, we're going to miss out on everything that God has planned for us. And we we need to stay in that moment where we realize that, that there is a God who loves us unconditionally. And we can say, that was yesterday, or that was something I did 
10 minutes ago. I don't have to take it into the next minute or into the next day or into the next year. I can start afresh with God every single moment. And you mentioned in your book, I love this quote, when it looks to me as though I have things figured out and know what's best, the Holy Spirit gently reminds me that I must renew my carnal thinking to reflect the heart of God. This is especially true in the area of forgiveness. Until the coming of Jesus, God will always choose the route of forgiveness over judgment. After all, isn't that what the cross represents? A loving father showing mercy for his lost, disobedient, and rebellious children? God is quick to forgive, and he commands us to do the same. Yet demonstrating this degree of mercy in our own lives can often be a battle. Why do you think demonstrating mercy is so hard for us, Lucianne? Such an important topic to talk about because we can get so caught up in the flesh, in the here and now. Just think about the chaos that our world is in today. Right now, as we're taping this broadcast, there is so much going on around us. There are so many emotions that can arise within us at any given moment. Mm -hmm. If we give in to those then that we're not going to see God's mercy at work. We're going to start judging. We're going to start name calling. We're going to start um, casting opinions out there. When God says, I've dealt with all of that. And if he can extend his mercy upon us, upon me, then I have to be willing to extend that mercy upon someone else. But I can only do that if I'm coming from a place of love, not my own love and my own strength, but from God's love that he's poured out upon me, which then allows me to pour that out upon others. Because if I look at the world today, I can get so caught up in my own thoughts and in my own feelings about what's happening, why it's happening, why it shouldn't be happening, or how it should be going a different way, I really have to step back and ask God for his lens to see every single day through. And that's where I see his mercy. He just keeps bringing me back to the cross. He keeps bringing me back to it is finished. I paid the price for all of this. He knew all of it was going to happen. He saw it before it ever happened. And yet he was willing to pay the price and shed his blood for that. I have to be okay with that. I have to extend that mercy to you, Susan. I have to extend it to my family, to my community, to my workplaces. To yourself. Yes, to ourselves. Yes. There's a whole area, especially in this area of forgiveness in the book. I spend a lot of time talking about this because it's such a topic that gets us hung up in such a degree that it's often hard to move forward because we're stuck in unforgiveness. And oftentimes it's to other people, things that we've been hurt and we feel justified that we don't forgive. Um, But we can also not forgive ourselves. And I was stuck there for a little while. It was really hard for me. It happened at the time of um, a divorce that I had gone through or a 19-year long marriage ended in Mm. divorce. And I had a hard time forgiving myself for that. And God had to show me that he had already forgiven me. That's right. He had taken Mm -hmm. all that and it was covered under the blood. But I had to, you talked about mercy, Susan. I had to pull out that mercy card or that grace card and extend it to myself as well. Because I can often say, oh, I can forgive Susan for this. But then I sit back and have a hard time forgiving myself for something I've said or something that I've done. And it's about receiving 
It's receiving that forgiveness, accepting that God says, look, I, I love you and I'm going to give this to you. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to take the punishment for this. So stop beating yourself up. And, and so often we do this. And that, that's what keeps us from living this adventurous life that God wants us on, you know, because we, we get stuck. And, you know, you talk a lot about living beyond your limitations. You, you talk about some of these strategies that will empower us, like living confidently in your God-given identity, which you talked about. Standing boldly in your authority and uncovering your purpose in your everyday life. Tell me a little bit about standing boldly in your authority. Sounds powerful, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes people say, I don't have authority. I'm not in any position of authority. And I'm quick to ask them, are you a child of God? Do you believe in Jesus as your savior? And if they say yes, said you're a Christian, you have this relationship with God, you are given authority by God himself to take authority, dominion over every area of your life. Now, I don't say that in a condemning way that everybody should know that. They should know that. I didn't know it. I was in church. I grew up in church, but I grew up in a denomination that didn't teach me about my authority in Christ, didn't teach me who I was, my identity in Christ. So when I learned that I had an identity in Christ and then delved deeper into that and found out that that identity came with an authority, and then I learned how to use that authority, Talk about game changer. That literally changed the trajectory of my life. When we realized that we have access to the kingdom principles, I'm sure many of your listeners know of the very common prayer, the Our Father. I learned it as a little kid. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But I was never taught what that meant. Thy kingdom come. That's that's all the authority that's in heaven. We have the ability to bring that to earth today. I didn't know that. When we start realizing that God has strategically positioned us where we are today to take territory, where we are, where the, the, I always say that the ground between our two feet is the mission field for today. That's right. (laughs) That's our mission field, whether that's in your home, your workplace, out literally in another Mm -hmm. nation or what, or what have you. That's our mission field for today. And we can take authority. I can have authority in my home. I have authority in my community. I have authority when when and through the power of Jesus Christ. When I accept that, when I receive that, like you mentioned before, and when I choose to activate that authority. And that does empower me. It empowers me when I know now that I have authority over the enemy, that really I'm not fighting flesh and blood, that who I thought I was in battle with, whether it be in a relationship with a friend or a family member, that's not really the battle. The battle is the enemy who wants to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And God has given us authority over that enemy when Jesus conquered the grave. And I didn't know that at first as a Christian. And I wanted to make sure within my ability that I express that to other people, that you are, as a child of God, you have God-given authority that you can implement. And what that does is it uncovers this purpose in our life. It shows us that we actually are meant to send this message 
This is, we are messengers of God. We aren't God himself, of course. We are just messengers. And there's so many different ways that people can send the message. And it's based on where God puts them. We often think we have to, you know, okay, I'm going to do this, or I have to be this in order to be used by God. But I think what you're saying, if and correct me if I'm wrong, is what you're saying in this living beyond limitations is saying by knowing my identity of Christ, knowing that God is love and I can accept and receive his love and forgiveness, I'm no longer consumed with those two issues in my life and I'm free to serve and have purpose in my life. So it is, am I hitting what you're trying to get at? You are. And I want to emphasize the purpose because we often think of when we serve God, it has to be in some kind of ministry capacity. We don't think about serving God in our everyday life. And what happens when we realize that we are literally not of this world? The Bible says that we are in the world, but not of the world. So many Christians have no idea what that even means. I didn't for the longest time. I didn't realize that I am the spirit. You know, we're, we're on a Zoom call right now. And what you see, who you see and who I see in you is only a part of who you are. That's not your true self is a spirit that's inside the body that we're in this. I like to re- refer to our bodies as our earth suit in order to have, I like to that. Be sent here, <laughs> to, we were sent here by God for a purpose, for an assignment. No, there are no accidents. There are no maybes. There are no, my mom and dad had an accident. Well, that's what they may be telling you, but God purposed for you to be born when, when you were born. So he took your spirit, your, your person that you are, and he placed you in your earth suit, your body, and he sent you to the earth just like he did with Jesus. And he put Jesus in the earth suit and sent him to the earth for an assignment. And when that assignment was done, Jesus went back to his heavenly father, his true home, the kingdom where where we were always designed to live. But why we're here on earth, if we realize that we have the ability to take the kingdom that we're really from, the kingdom of heaven, and implement it on earth, every single day that's where our purpose comes in so whether that be a new mom taking care of her baby and taking authority over the well-being of that baby and not just leaving it to happenstance she's working out her purpose every day that's whether right it be the the man or woman who's going out to work when they're in that workforce there is all kinds of things happening around them they can take the kingdom of god god's love God's authority, God's peace, God's comfort into those workplaces. That's how we impact and influence the world around us is by wherever we are every day, realizing we are on assignment. So you just don't have a podcast to have a podcast. You are on an assignment to spread God's kingdom principles to the whole world. That is an assignment. That might seem like work to some people, but it's a God-given assignment. And when God is done with us on our assignment, that's when he'll take us home. And until then, we have work to do. We do. And the message needs to get out there in all kinds of forms, in all kinds of ways. Because on this podcast, even today, you could be saying something in just a certain way that really resonates to the heart of that person. And it could be the same concept, but you're saying it a little differently and it resonates. So that's where I I find my pur- purpose in the sense God's told me, 
just do the, just send the message. You know, it reminds me of Moses. You know, Moses, when God said, hey, I want you to go do all these things. He said, uh-uh, I, I stutter and I, I struggle and I can't do this and I'm not really gifted in that area. You know, send, send this guy instead of me. But what God said to him is he said, here, Moses, all you got to do is tell them, I am sent you. That's it. I am sent you. And when we know that I am sent us, we can live beyond these limitations that you talk about in strategic faith and to encourage people to stop getting stuck. So tell me a little bit about where people can get your book because I'm hoping everyone's going to go out there and get this because uh, I just, uh, I'm just, I'm excited about it. So tell me about that. You can get Strategic Faith Living Beyond Limitations wherever books are sold. Or you can go to my website, lucyanncq.com, and you can get um, direction for the book there as well. There's links for to get the book. Or you can contact me also through my website. Just send me a memo if you want a signed autograph copy and you're in the U.S. I will be glad to um, sign you a copy and get it out into the mail, and there'll be a way for you to send payment in for it that way as well. Great. What prompted you to read this book? I mean, it's a journey you said you uh, started a couple, couple, three years ago. Tell me what prompted you. Well, the thing that prompted me the most was I, I noticed that in the world, that as much like I said earlier, I've been studying the Bible for 32 years now. And so I've been in and out of churches. I've moved to several different states and had to reconnect with different bodies of um, believers. And I noticed that the people that I was sitting next to every Sunday, every Wednesday, or in every Bible study knew very little about their identity, their authority, and their purpose in Christ that they were literally going through their day on autopilot. And I was like, God, this has to stop because that was me. And it when I found out that I had a God-given identity, authority, and purpose, it changed the trajectory of my life. And I said, God, I want to get this message out there. He just put it, burned it within my spirit that I just couldn't get away from mm-hmm, it any mm-hmm, longer. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't get away from it. When God walks you through a journey like I've been on and all of your listeners and Susan, even yourself, we've all been on a journey. And when God takes us through all those valleys and the mountaintops and back in the valleys and back to the mountaintops, I don't know about you, but I just can't help sharing that with other people because there are people out there that are hurting. There are people that we sit near every day in our families, in our workplaces, in our churches that don't know how valuable they are, don't know what God's promises really mean to them and how they can activate them. I often thought that being a Christian was just a free ticket to get to heaven, that all I need to do was be good enough to get to heaven. Well, we can never be good enough to get to heaven ever. There's nothing in our own ability that will ever get us there, no matter how hard we try, because even on our best days, we're going to mess up. So that free ticket to heaven, when I realized that's not what faith was about, but I also noticed that there were so many Christians that believed that, 
that I was like, Lord, I can't do it personally. I don't, I don't come in contact with all en enough people to get the message out there, but through the book, I can do that. So if you help me write it, I'll write it. Right. And so I went on this journey with him and wrote this book. And I really believe that um, not only your listeners, Susan, but other people that get their hands on this book will see themselves in this message somewhere in those chapters. They will see themselves because it's practical. It's how can I exercise faith every day to make, to transform my life and then make an influence and impact on the lives of other people and in my communities and in our nation. And that, that was the motivation behind the book to just say, Lord, I, I want to share with others what you did for me, but I want to do it in a way where you're glorified, where they see you at work. It's not just Lucy Ann's story. You're not, you will hear, and Susan, as you mentioned, there are, there are tidbits about my personal situation, how God walked me through different things. But the crust of this book is all about who God is and how he can become mm -hmm. intimately involved in your everyday life. You know, it reminds me of that verse in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 that talks about comforting others with the same comfort we've been given by God. And it reminds me that that's part of our purpose. If we do have a story or we have gone through something, by sharing that with somebody, and God will put those people in your life who need to hear it, um, by sharing that, we're actually sharing God's comfort. You know, that he is a healing God, he's a comforting God, and he wants us to be healed. And he not only healed, but he wants us to enjoy our life. He, Like you say, I love that, living beyond limitations. Um, we're only limited by how much we surrender. <laughs> you know, um, I always think of, of, uh, of like the Holy Spirit is like a hose, like, and we're given access to it at salvation. We're given this power, that water behind the hose, but oftentimes we clench the hose and we don't let it flow. And if we just constantly, I think of surrender as just constantly opening up that hose and just letting the spirit flow. That's where we're going to do things that we don't even know we're doing. <laughs> and I believe when we get to heaven, that's going to be a cool part of what heaven's going to be like, because we're going to hear all those connections. So I love the, the content of this book. I am excited about it. And I, I hope our listeners will take that next step and get the book. Now, what would you tell our listeners, though, who feel stuck right now? Is there something you could just tell them that, of course, the book is going to help, but what's that first step? The first step is understanding that they're not alone and that God understands and he sees where they are and what they're going through. And if they would invite him into that situation, whatever that may be, that heartache, that pain, the struggle in whatever way, if they would personally invite him in, he will come in and he will show them the way out. He will lead, guide, and direct their steps. And through the book, I talk about that struggle at the very beginning of how we get stuck in struggles. It could be ignorance. It could be pain of the past. It could be doubt and unbelief. It could just be being physically emotionally tired those are all common struggles that we that can often get us stuck from moving forward but then when we realize we invite god in he allows us to make that shift that says 
I don't have to do this on my own accord. God does see me. God can help me. There are resources for me. And he will get me through this. And then when we do that, we can move into his strategies of exactly, God, how do I move forward today in this particular circumstance, whatever that may be. So inviting God in, Susan, I would say would be the the ultimate way of getting unstuck from wherever we are is to just realize that God doesn't want you to do it in your own strength. He doesn't want you to stay stuck. He has a plan and purpose for you. That's powerful. And I love that. It's an invitation, folks. God's Mm -hmm. inviting you. He's inviting you to have a deeper relationship with him. One that isn't full of complacency, one that isn't full of humdrumness or just the way it is, but a life full of adventure, a life without limitations, a life where we can really, really be impactful for other people. And, you know, my prayer is for any listener out there that they realize they can they, they can just take that next step and invite God into that. So I want to just thank you, Lucianne, for being here today. It's been such a joy to spend time with you. Um, and to encourage others to read your book. It's, uh, folks, go out there and get that. I will also have information on our website and in some links on our website where you can check out that out as well as, as information about Lucianne. So again, Lucianne, thank you so much for being here. And um, my prayer is that this book will reach just even that one heart who needs it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Susan. It's been such an honor to get to connect with you and to share this message with your your audience. So thank you again for the invitation. Next time on The Notice, have you taken the time to write someone an email and got no response? Or maybe you posted a comment on social media which wasn't acknowledged. Tune in for our next episode where we talk about what it feels like when we're ignored. We hear some stories, discuss conclusions we draw, ways we will respond, and discover new ways to offer mercy. You won't want to miss this episode where we learn how to notice God when feeling ignored. Until next time, take notice.